Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Welcome to The Broad Experience, the show about women, the workplace, and success. I'm Ashley Miltite. This time, some of us have two jobs – one that pays us, one that gives us another kind of reward. In this episode, we meet two women who volunteer as firefighters. I actually think that being a female is is an advantage in some ways because there are lots of ways of getting things done. It's not always brute strength, which is the best way. I finally, I turn and I turn down my music and I'm like, what's up? And she goes, you're a firefighter. And I said, yes, ma'am. And she points to her daughters and her daughters are all amped up. And I was like, that's what it's about. Coming up, how a second career helping others can change your life in unexpected ways. Australia just had a devastating fire season. It began almost a year ago and escalated badly at the end of 2019. A lot of you will have seen pictures in the news of Australians evacuated from their homes, huddled on beaches, of fires raging and thick smoke that travelled hundreds of miles. More than 30 people died, a few thousand homes were lost, millions of animals were killed. Stephanie Louie is one of thousands of volunteers who helped to fight those fires and rescue people trapped in their homes. I flew the fires from basically the north of the state to the the southern border (laughs) and across a lot of different fires even during a day. So you might start in Sydney and end the day on the Victorian border pulling people out. She's a volunteer with the New South Wales Rural Fire Service. New South Wales was the state worst hit by the fires, and it has the biggest volunteer firefighting service in the world. Stephanie says about 72,000 volunteers, and they cover 95% of the state. She wants to emphasise that in this show, she is not speaking on behalf of her organisation. These are her personal opinions. We spoke over Zoom. Stephanie has a few different roles in the fire service. Locally, she's deputy captain of a brigade in her area on the outskirts of Sydney. So driving a big red truck under lights and sirens, I'm a response driver for my brigade and being able to do that, I drive a little hatchback, right, (laughs) in real life. Um, And so driving a 13 and a half tonne truck under lights and sirens is a, a big stretch for me and it took me a lot of work to be able to do that. And it built a lot of confidence along the way. She also works as part of a remote area firefighting team. They can travel hundreds of miles by air to get to a fire. And she's a member of a rescue crew. So winching out of a helicopter into floodwaters onto the roof of a car to pull someone out or flying in front of a bushfire to pull residents out, 
they're all things that we're trained to do and we all do. And it's pretty incredible to have those sorts of opportunities when in my sort of civilian life I sit at a desk and write stuff. (laughs) Stephanie's career, the job that pays her, is in public health. She works from home, sits at a computer, has meetings, online and off. When she's not working, she's taking her three-year-old daughter to dance class, dispensing snacks, reading bedtime stories. The fire service is a different world. Certainly some of the experiences I've had, you sort of have to sort of pinch yourself that, that it's happened. So in the last fire season... We were flying on army helicopters and here we are screaming down to the Victorian border with the doors off and we're just like, what just happened there? (laughs) I'm like a middle-aged mum and I'm literally sitting in the door of an army helicopter as we're we're screaming off to rescue someone with a whole bunch of army guys. It was was interesting. (laughs) And it must make you feel really good. Yeah, it does. I think that When we see disasters, I suppose, as humans, I think we want to help. So whether it's coronavirus or whether it's big fires or floods or or whatever it is, I think as humans, we do get a real urge not to be helpless in those sorts of situations. And so for me, it's it's a really good feeling to, I suppose, feel like you're part of the solution. Um, I really like that. Women are still a minority in the New South Wales Rural Fire Service, as they are in most fire services, but their numbers are growing. So when I joined, I think there weren't that many of us. I certainly would be the only female in my, like I'd turn up and be the only female on the truck or would go to a fire and there'd be 100 firefighters there and you'd be the only woman. But certainly over the last 10 years, I think there are a lot more women in the service So in my brigade, for example, we can turn out an entire truck of women these days, including an officer and a driver, which is pretty cool. And we do see a lot more women in the service, but it's not, I guess, all roses um, because there are still lots and lots of issues that we still need to, to address to make it really equal. She says, take the structural stuff. The fire service is hierarchical, and even though almost a quarter of the service is now women, she says still only 5% of the top roles are held by women. And she says the way things work in the service makes it hard for mothers like her to give as much time to it as they used to. And that, in turn, affects who gets to rise up the ranks. It's hard in terms of, you know, if you want to do courses or or, um, which then allow you to fulfill more roles or get that rank promotion Um, they go on in the evenings and weeknights and kids have homework they have sport they have to be put to bed all of that kind of thing all becomes issues if you want to look at how we treat women that are pregnant in the service because when you are firefighting you can be exposed to different toxins and and how that works when you're pregnant and it's easy to say you're a volunteer don't turn up but the issue is is that they're also the brigades are also a lot of your social structures and your support networks so by saying and just don't turn up all of a sudden you've taken the support structures and social networks away from a woman at a time when they actually really need them well what i'm just curious though what does your husband 
would he accommodate just as an example you know you being gone in the evenings to do training classes or whatever like would that he does he's I'm I'm lucky he's amazing and not just for training classes he's just lived through the fire season like I have he's you know he's picked up the bulk of the caregiving in terms of daycare pickups daycare drop-offs putting her to bed explaining why mummy's not there again you know and just giving extra hugs because she because I'm away like I am lucky because I have that support, but not all women have that, I suppose. Um, and I think if we look in society, um, it is traditionally the man that's been able to get that and go out and do stuff while the woman's been at home. So it needs to be more equal across the board and looking at things like how much daycare costs or access to to daycare out of traditional hours or short-term daycare and things like that. How does society allow women to to get around those sorts of things? Do you think, you've made me think, do you think there's an advantage to being a woman in this role? Do you think perhaps, are you able to do things that men can't? I mean, I know a lot of people will think, well, men have this physical strength and women lack the same strength. Um, and that may be true, but there are maybe there are other ways in which that people aren't even thinking about in which women really particularly shine. Absolutely. So particularly in my um, rescue crewy role, I actually think that being a female is is an advantage in some ways because there are lots of ways of getting things done and it's not always brute strength which is the best way. As Stephanie mentioned before one of the things her rescue team does is help drivers stranded by floods. The recent fire season finally ended with the heaviest rain in years. Cars are really really tricky things uh, because in water, they're really unstable. And if you move your weight the wrong way or the victim moves their weight the wrong way, all of a sudden that car can be swept downstream or it can tip and roll and you lose everyone off it. So you've got to be pretty careful about how you move people around, particularly if you're trying to get them out of, say, the driver's seat and onto the roof so you can winch them out. Because of that, we generally tend to be pretty directive with people I suppose um when we're trying to move them around the car um people you'll get in their face you'll do a bit of yelling you'll physically sort of pull that person across because you want them to do exactly what you need them to do at that time so one of my colleagues has winched out of this helicopter onto the roof of the car she's a mum two kids and I'm listening along in a headset expecting to hear a bit of yelling and instead of that what I hear is this sort of, okay, love, radio now, you scoot your bottom over, okay, we can do this, okay, now, arms up, sweetheart. Um, and it was hilarious. <laughs> it was the funniest thing ever. But she just sort of chucked her best mum voice on and that victim just did exactly what she wanted. It was like, yep, okay, I can do this. But what it did was it really de-escalated a situation that can be really really stressful and I think the other part is that she may she managed to stay authentic to who she was which I think is really really nice she went I'm not a yelling person I don't need to do that to achieve this outcome and so in that sort of case I actually think that her way was actually better 
And she says in the case of a wildfire, when you land at someone's farm and tell them they need to come with you right now, they know they're likely to lose their home, livestock and pets to that fire. And that's a really, really tough decision for someone to make. And I think that a little bit of compassion, a little bit of empathy and sometimes a hug or two can help sort of sit that decision easier on someone's shoulders as they've left. And I'm not saying that men don't display compassion and empathy because they absolutely do. But what I am saying is that they're not terms that we often use when we talk about firefighting and I think that we should because it's not all about the brave fireman striding through the smoke to throw the damsel in distress over his shoulder and, you know, stride off into the sunset. There are lots of skills that make a good firefighter. And if you think about strength and fitness, well, you know, 12 weeks with a PT will probably fix that. But if you have the wrong attitude or if you don't have empathy or you don't work well in a team, well, 12 weeks at a coach isn't going to fix that. So the easiest thing to fix is your fitness. So I don't necessarily see why we get so hung up on it. She's been doing this for 10 years now, and this past fire season seemed endless. And there are those improvements she'd like to see to make things easier for women in the service. Because you mentioned the, the, the sort of structural issues and you know, your your little girl's at an age where she needs tons of attention. Do you want to continue in the service? I do, yes. Yeah. Like I said before, I think that when you see bad stuff happen, you want to be part of the solution. And I think also my child's an only child. So I think it's good for her to understand that sometimes other people need me more than she needs me right now. So I think being an only child, sometimes it's easy to become, to assume you're the centre of someone's world. And actually she is the centre of my world. But sometimes other people need me. So right then I have to go or I'm not at home to kiss you goodnight or the page has gone off and actually you need to go somewhere or big drop with grandma or, you know, something like that. And she thinks her role with the fire service makes her a better parent. Being with people who have lost everything to a fire, it's helped keep Stephanie focused on what's important, her husband and child. She says stuff, she could leave it behind in a heartbeat. And she knows a three-year-old's meltdown in the supermarket is pretty minor in the scheme of things. How do you feel after the recent fire season? Um, Were you just, were you exhausted it's kind of funny because we went straight from there pretty much into coronavirus land. <laughs> it's all a bit crazy, really. It was exhausting and it was intense and certainly I did things that you sort of abstractly train for but you never thought you'd have to do. So we'd fly into a valley and go, oh, there are 15 properties here. We've got time to land at one. Which one will it be? And I remember sitting in that that training thinking oh my god how am I ever going to do that or or how how could I make that decision also how could I live with myself after having to make that decision 
And after doing it a few times, you actually realise that those decisions are really easy and that it's actually quite easy to live with yourself afterwards. And you go, well, we made the best decision we could with the information we had at hand and you sort of move on. So in some ways, it was a really positive thing to be able to say, actually, I know that my training works. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Cassie Stevens grew up in the Northern Hemisphere on the other side of the Pacific Ocean near San Diego, California. She got interested in fire at a very young age the hills around her house would burn every few years. Cassie's 35 now, but once, when she was about six, her dad took her to get a closer look at an approaching fire. I have this memory that's like burned, it's got its own little ripple in my brain, and it's the fire coming over the hill, and it looks like a spider because the heat and the waves and the fire, it looked like spider legs crawling up the side of the hill. She remembers being mesmerized scared, but also excited. There's just something about the smell, the color of the sky, and how everything just kind of takes over. It was just so beautiful. I mean, it's still clear in my head. Cassie's dad had been in the Navy. Then he became a police officer. Her mom was a medical transcriptionist. Community service was an idea she grew up with, and she admired firefighters from afar, but despite her long-time interest, she didn't pursue it once she left high school, tried college, and then dropped out. I was still so just ignorant. I mean, like we all are at 18 years old. And um, I had no confidence in myself. I didn't think that I was going to be capable of doing any of the things. And I would drive past fire stations and be like, man, I bet you that's awesome. I bet you it's a ton of fun. But I'm like, it's going to be hard. And I don't know if I can do it. And I just, I didn't have the confidence in myself. And Sean really helped push me to get me going there and joining the fire service and being good and comfortable in it. So just to backtrack for a minute here, back in January, I got an email one day from a guy in Oklahoma. His name is Sean Pryor. He said, you know, you should really talk to my fiance for your show. She's a firefighter. It's a world riddled with stereotypes and expectations. And she has some stories to tell. I'd never got an email like that before. I thought, you know what? I'm proud of her. I'm proud of what she does. I'm proud of how hard she works. And uh, as my grandma used to say to me, closed mouths don't get fed. If you don't ask, nothing will happen. So I thought I'd give it a shot. Sean and Cassie met about five years ago. Cassie had left California years before, married young, and eventually settled in Oklahoma. She ended up getting divorced. And she met Sean and his son, Riley, who lived with Sean full time. They've been inseparable ever since. Being his stepmom, being his mom, has been the best thing that has ever happened to me next to meeting Sean. 
Riley gave me something that I couldn't do on my own. So, sorry, I'm getting emotional. Um, so that's really special to me. She says Sean has always been giving and helpful to those around him. And he joined a nearby fire department before she did, right around the time a wildfire raged in Oklahoma for weeks. He got in and it was like a drug and it was all fire department all the time. I mean, if he had spare time, he was there at the fire station. So he really pushed my want to do it and made me feel like I could do it. Cassie's regular job is in property management. She runs a 300-unit apartment complex. And she feels like she's good at it. But she says she knew there had to be more to life than going to work and having people complain to her about their toilets. She longed to do something more, to serve her community the way her parents had when she was growing up, the way Sean was now. Finally, his encouragement paid off and she joined. A normal day, normal week for me is get up, go to work, deal with people's apartments flooding and people being mad and, and dealing with that stuff and then go to the gym and then on Thursdays, come home, get changed, get in the truck, drive to the station and be at the station all night and then come home, get home about 1130 midnight, go to sleep, get up, go to work the next day and then go be back at the station on the weekend for training or for any other calls that come in during that time or during the week. A lot of the work is responding to medical emergencies and helping out before the paramedics get there. She says this year has been a quiet fire season, though others have not. And right now, it's Cassie's day job that's supporting everyone. When I was first emailing with them both, Sean worked as a warehouse manager for a company that makes safety gear for people working in the nearby oil field. Oklahoma is a big oil-producing state. But as Cassie told me during our interview... So um, when COVID happened and the price of oil dropped, Sean has actually been unemployed. He was let go the first week back March 13th. Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I didn't know that. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. It was really scary at first. It was really scary at first. Um, But it's actually worked out really well. You know, Riley's not in school. Our our son, he's not in school. So he gets to be home with dad all day, which is great because they get to spend a lot of time together, um, which they don't always normally get to because of the fire service. Riley's getting homeschooled. So it's, it's actually been really beneficial for our family. Sean has scaled back from the fire service a bit, while Cassie has taken on more. And there are challenges that come with the role. For background, Cassie and Sean are a mixed-race couple. She's white, he's African-American, and the fire department they serve is in a traditionally black community. She says she's had someone outright tell her a white woman shouldn't be doing her job in their community – And there was a firefighter who said he wouldn't want to work with her for that same reason. And Cassie says in a rural area, in a conservative state, people aren't always thrilled to see a woman turn up in answer to a call. And at times, her department has been largely made up of female volunteers. This expectation that, you know, this call, you know, if you call, the people that are going to show up is a bunch of big burly men. That's what's going to show up. But when you get a call and you have three women roll up into your house, everybody just kind of tilts their head. Nobody knows how to react to it. Or you get the people that say, don't touch me. I don't want you here and want to shove you out the door because they want nothing to do with you because you're a woman. 
Now, I don't know if that's this is a nationwide issue or or if this is just dealing in a small community, and I, I don't know, but the reactions you get are even even just at work, no joke, three days ago, I was talking to my electrician and I had my duffel bag and my water bottle and I had changed over and I was getting ready to get in the truck and head up to the station. And he was like, oh, you know, where are you going? And I said, well, I'm, I'm heading to the station. He's like, to what state? The what? What do you mean the station? And I said, the firehouse. And he goes, why? And I said, because I'm a firefighter. And he goes, no, you're not. And it's just, it's <laughs> no, I just figured I would say that for funsies. Like I, it and it happens so often it's constant it really bugs her but she loves the work she loves helping the people who place those calls as in so many rural areas younger people in their area tend to head to the cities for jobs so there's a real need for volunteers like cassie and she says there are other benefits like the ability to change minds my most favorite moment I don't know why I'm so emotional today. Jeez, Louise. So when Jean and I first met, Riley used to say, girls can't do anything, right? Girls can't do this. Girls can't do that. And I've made it my mission to prove to him girls can do anything because that is so important to me because there's too many women out there that don't think that they can do it. And it's so frustrating to me. Like, I don't, it doesn't matter if you have lady parts, get out there and do it. And I hate, I hate, hate, hate men out there that think that just because you're a woman, you can't do it. So I wanted to make sure that my son was going to grow up and he wasn't going to be one of those men that didn't think that women could be firefighters, that didn't think women couldn't be police officers, that didn't think women could join the military and be a fighting force. I wanted my son to not be one of those men. You know, the sad part is I don't know where he got that from because I can say I didn't teach him that. But for whatever reason, he did not believe women could do half of the things. It shocked me. I mean, I I, I felt bad. I was like, man, it's like, dude, I've been a bad dad. I, <laughs> but she's been an inspiration for him for him to see that there's mostly nothing that women can't do. Like I tell Cassie all the time, I'm like, I don't see you benching like 500 pounds tomorrow. But outside of that, I'm like, dude, there is nothing, absolutely nothing that you can't do. And it's been great for him. It's been it's, it's been really good. Cassie wants to be an inspiration outside the home too. She was in Walmart once, still in her uniform, and she notices this little girl just staring at her. And it dawned on me that she's never seen a female firefighter. And she was just all smiles. The other day, I was in my truck driving home in gear. I had my window down. It was like the first beautiful day that we've had in gosh weeks and I'm listening to my music I got the windows down the sunroof up and this woman just keeps pointing at me and I'm like what is she doing and then she's looking at her little girls in the back seat and she's pointing at me and she's looking back and I finally I turn and I turn down my music and I'm like what's up and she goes you're a firefighter and I said yes ma'am and she goes she points to her daughters and her daughters are all amped up and I was like that's what it's about She loves those moments when young girls can see something in her that might encourage them. She says changing their minds about what they're capable of, it's one of the best aspects of this role. She'd recommend this kind of work to anyone. I feel like everybody needs to have that moment in their life where something that they did, not something your kid did, something you did, made you so proud that it made your chest tight. 
And that's that pride that comes from serving your community for helping people when they need it. And that won't always mean rescuing people from a fire or a car wreck. It might just be helping an older person off the floor of their kitchen when they've fallen and can't get up. At the end of the day, we know that we're making a difference. Whether anybody sees it or not, that's not what's important. It's just like opening the door for someone. You don't open the door for someone because you want them to say thank you. You open the door for someone because you're doing what's right. So if you've ever cast a curious eye at your local firehouse... It's a great place to be. Like I would encourage any woman that's out there that's considering it, call your local volunteer fire department and see if they're looking for anybody. See if they're doing a recruit class or see if you can just come down and hang out for a day and check it out. That's all it takes. You just have to make that one phone call that first time and show up. That's all it takes. Cassie Stevens in Oklahoma. Cassie actually has three jobs, as well as managing the apartment complex and being a volunteer firefighter. She restores furniture on the weekends. Thanks to Cassie and Sean and Stephanie Louie for being my guests on this show. That's the broad experience for this time. I'll post some photos of my guests under this episode at thebroadexperience.com. You can find me via email, on Twitter, or via the Facebook page. I'm Ashley Miltite. Thanks for listening. See you next time.